Welcome to another bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about music that was released in the month that we just finished being a part of. And we just finished being a part of September. Starting off that episode with uh, OC's song Terminal Jape off their new album, Protean Threat. OC's, the OC's, however you want to refer to them, uh, can't seem to stop releasing albums. They have released a new album every year for well over a decade now, sometimes more than one. And I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I saw that they are going to be releasing like three albums in 2020. And this is the first of those albums. I like OCs. They're a cool, like, garage, rocky uh, type of psychedelic rock sound. Uh, I've liked them for quite a while, and I thought that Protean Threat kept the momentum up of what they do. This is Caleb Robinson. You're a host with the most. And then the second most. I am Jared, and I am here as well. The second most. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> thought I would introduce you with something nice, you know? Really get the, the mood up. Yeah. You know what else will get the mood up? What's is that? this next song, Fear of Death, by Tim Heidecker off his new album, Fear of Death. For your help. So Tim Heidecker, uh, you might be more familiar with him as a member of Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. He uh, has been transitioning into this role of a musician over the last couple years. I think his first kind of serious take on music was in Glendale Mm -hmm. from like 2016 or something like that. 2016 or 17. He's now released in Glendale. He released a Trump Talking Nukes album, or is it... Uh, too too stupid for suicide too dumb for suicide too dumb for suicide tim heidecker's trump songs yes which is you know kind of a mixture of comedy and seriousness there's some really good songs off of that album in my opinion uh he had an album last year where he kind of um explored this weird like idea that he and his uh wife had divorced there were rumors about it and uh so he just ran with it made a whole album about it but now here on Fear of Death, he is... Uh, You've forgotten his, his best album, perhaps. Which one? His album full of only songs about Herman Cain. I forgot that he had done that. Rest in peace, Herman Cain. Cainthology, songs in the key of Cain. I didn't even... I don't think I even remembered he did that. My bad. Well, yeah. Uh, so Fear of Death is an album in which uh, Tim Heidecker continues down this train of serious-ish music. He's kind of being uh, cheeky about the idea of death on this album, and he uh, collaborated with Wiseblood throughout the album. She uh, does a lot of the vocals throughout this. Um, I think she only fronts one of the songs exclusively and Helm of Things. The songs are kind of like a old 70s, kind of like a sun-kissed rock music kind of style um i liked this album jared did you listen to fear of death i did i, I listened to it uh and i thought it was pretty good i uh, I, I liked the album yeah i, I like tim heidecker of course mm-hmm. we've been a fan of tim heidecker for Long nigh time. on 15 years i'd say yes arguably i mean like so we knew tim and eric awesome show great job and we watched that when it first came out but mm-hmm. they also did um Oh, what's that? Other Tom show? goes to the mayor. Tom goes to the mayor. Yeah, they. I don't know. I mean, they were on it. I don't know how much they contributed as far as uh, writing and such, but I remember um, them from that show as well, which was like the early two thousands ish or late two. I don't even know. Who cares? Yeah. 
we've known about him for a long time. Very long time. Trying to keep up with the with the career of both men. He's Eric Wareheim is like doing commercials for like Sprint or something weird. It's very strange. That is very strange. Yeah, they've had they've had very odd careers. Heidecker has been very very active the last couple of years. He was in he was in Us, the Jordan Peele film. He's been doing podcasts, his own TV shows. It, it's hard to keep up with everything he's got going on. Yes, and it's kind of impressive that he's been able to make some some fairly decent music. I would say so. If you if you like Tim Heidecker, maybe check out his music. Uh, the next one I'm going to play is the song "Take Me Shopping." from the album Fall to Pieces from the artist Tricky. So Tricky is uh, the name of the artist Adrian Thaws. You may be familiar with him as one of the founding members of Massive Attack, one of the uh, major trip-hop groups of the 90s. Uh, They had some pretty surprising popularity given that trip-hop was really not a thing outside of like Massive Attack at the time. Um, Arguably, maybe like Aphex Twin would fall in that, but not really. He's more of a different thing. But point being is, is that he's still been active in the music scene, uh, Tricky specifically. And his new album is a very sad album. Very, very sad. He uh, is kind of living in this kind of depressing world where his, uh, uh, about a year ago, his daughter passed away. Um, She had been depressed and committed suicide. And so he very much uh, explores those kind of unfortunate feelings of that uh, throughout this album. The uh, A Polish artist, uh, Marta, and I'm not going to say her last name, because as usual, I will mess it up, uh, provides a very cool like um, voice to all of this that is very soothing in comparison to the kind of dim sound of these trip-hop songs. I don't know how many people were <clears throat> looking for trip hop music in 2020 but if you are looking for trip hop music this would be the place to go and if you're looking for something else something very different something more folky if you will maybe you would listen to bill callahan's new album gold record and this song is called the mckinsey's my car broke down in front of my house I was turning it over and over When an older man came running out He said, don't you do that, son You'll only make it worse So Bill Callahan has been uh, pretty active in the music scene over the last, like, three decades, which is crazy to think of people still making music three decades later, just in general. Uh, he's a very, very good songwriter, just in general. You can kind of tell that he's uh, very story-like in the way that he writes his music, and this album is, of course, no exception from that rule. He's uh, very, very witty as well. I want to play very briefly just like the very, very first line off of this album. Jared, I think that you will appreciate. I heard it. Oh, you, you know, I what know it is? what's coming. All right. Well, let, let's play the uh, the very first line uh, from the song Pigeons. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Uh, you might guess that Bill Callahan is indeed... He's not Johnny Cash. Not Johnny Cash. Not quite Johnny Cash. But I, I like that as a like that kind of caught me immediately and was like, okay, I think this this is going to be a good record. Gold record um, goes a little bit differently than his typical records. Usually he kind of uh, has more of a theme to the record, but gold record is his kind of idea of like his uh, greatest hits, even though these are all unreleased songs. Uh, 
he's done uh, he does a lot of very witty things throughout but of course the the johnny cash thing is perhaps one of the most standout ones that he does i very much enjoyed this album very much enjoy bill callahan i hadn't uh discovered him until i think only recently when he released the album shepherd in a sheepskin vest that was kind of my first introduction to bill callahan uh but he definitely is someone worth checking out and if you uh, have a lot of time you've got plenty to listen to when it comes to bill callahan this next one I'm going to uh, play, talk about very, very briefly, and then I'm going to throw to Jared so he can talk a little bit about some of the music he's been listening to in the month of September. This next one is from the artist Dara Dorian, I think, off of her album Find the Sun. So Angel Dara Dorian is a former member of uh, Dirty Projectors. I don't know, Jared, if you've ever really listened to much of Dirty Projectors. I really no. haven't either. Uh, they've had a lot of different people who've kind of come in and out of that group. I had no idea. Ezra Cohen, uh, Vampire Weekend, had once been a part of Dirty Projectors. Uh, but a lot of people don't stick around very long in Dirty Projectors. But Angel was actually one of the kind of like side front members she was kind of like the the second second in command of the group for quite a few years. Uh, this is her third solo effort. Um, this album, Find the Sun, and there's a lot of different things going on throughout this album. A lot of different tones that she explores. Sometimes ranging from like that that song was kind of in the realm of like almost folky pop uh, compared to some of the more dimmer folk songs. Uh, some psychedelic sounds come in there this a lot of different stuff throughout this album something i would say that pretty much anybody could find something to enjoy about the album and i enjoy her vocals quite a bit i think that her vocal delivery throughout is kind of the constant that keeps everything together so again dara dorian find the sun jared tell me a little bit about some of the music that you listen to in september all right this wee month i've uh tried to put my Music in sections so that we're not going too crazy all over the genres. So uh, I think, unlike me, yes, uh, I believe I will start in the realm of heavy music. Ooh, that's good because I don't, I don't think I have a whole lot of heavy music that I ended I up wanting to cover this month. A total of I think six songs that are interesting to me. We don't have to play all six, obviously. Sure. Uh, one that I wanted to mention, which is somebody I've never really been into before, is Napalm Death had a new album come out. I had seen that, yeah. Throws of Joy in the Jaws of Defeatism is the name of the album. Mm-hmm. That that song uh, was my favorite on the album. It was a very interesting, kind of different uh, take from them. If I remember correctly, Napalm Death is the band that has the shortest song ever uh, recorded. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's just like, you! That's it. It's a great song. Yes. Uh, another is uh fit for a king they are a uh, metalcore-ish kind of band the album that came out is called the path the song that i like from it is called uh, the path a title track um code orange had a live album a uh, whole album that was live so what happened was they did a live performance and then on uh like facebook and youtube like streamed it and then they ended up releasing it live the best song from it that i enjoyed the most is a cover called Down in a Hole. Mm, it's pretty okay. good. Another song, Bring Me the Horizon, with Youngblood. The song is Obey. They return, with Youngblood? Yep. And they return to Young their, blood? To their uh, heavy roots. Okay. Not, there is some electronic stuff going on in there, Naturally. but uh, it's, it's heavy again. His but, vocals, I assume, kind of still not super heavy, though. And he got uh, a little bit of some screaming going on, okay. you know. He, think he, he, of course, has kind of given up his screaming Ollie style. Sykes, Ollie, yes. Ollie Sykes, thank you, because he had like some really bad throat issues. So that's kind of what shifted their music into more of like a hard rock ish yeah, sound. All of their albums have basically like 
been different. Every yes. single one has been different in some way, mm-hmm. especially like from Sembaternal on, which I like that album quite a bit. Yeah, you do. Um, Motionless and White covered Somebody Told Me by The Killers. Oh, that's weird. It is a very strange cover. Is it good? Eh, if you want to, pl- you could play a little bit of it. I'd like play, to. Get to, yeah, play a little bit of it. like i'm living the the punk goes pop life again that's true a uh, fun little thing about old andy black is uh a friend of the show david mm-hmm. he worked with andy black's dad oh okay so uh he's very proud of his son you know what we're proud of him too <laughs> yeah <laughs> when we went me and tyler went uh last year to a show and uh it was in indianapolis i believe yes and uh we saw Andy Black, the mm-hmm. lead singer of Motionless and Why, but he was touring on his own solo stuff. Mm-hmm. And his family was there, like next to the sound people, and they were like, you know, his biggest fans. It's kind of cool. If only we had family that. No, that's, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. We do. We, we do. sure do. We um, sure do. The last I, song, I actually oh, think I think I've seen Motionless in White as well. It's hard to keep up. Like I can't I've remember everything that I've yeah. seen. Strangely point, enough, but... I've seen Motionless in, in White, and I have seen Andy Black. And you love them so much. And I haven't seen so many things I'd love to see. I know it's <laughs> it's crazy. Like the things that you see live, and you're like, man, I I think I could have done different things in my lifetime than this specific thing. But go on. Um, the last song I want to talk about that's a heavy, and then we'll get back to Caleb stuff. Mm-hmm. Is a uh, by the band Killer Be Killed. They are a super group. Not kill or be killed. Killer, Killer be, be killed. killed. But it, you get it. Yes. Uh, it's a super group that features uh, Greg Pusciano from um, that band Caleb likes, Dillinger Escape Plan. Mm-hmm. It features Max Cavalera, who is from both Soulfly and Sepultura. He okay. used to be in those groups. I know He's Sepultura. A- I don't think I know the other group. And then Troy Sanders from Mastodon. Okay. And Ben Kohler uh, from Converged and Mutoid Man. Those are some good options right there. It's a there. super group, like I said. That's a pretty so good super group, I had an say. album come out in 2014. It was called Killer Be Killed, their mm-hmm. first album. And uh, the song from it that I liked the most was Wings of Feather and Wax. That was a pretty good uh, single. It was a good song. But they just announced a new album six years after the uh, first one. Reluctant Hero, and the first single of it is called Destructing Self-Destruction. Destructing Self-Destruction. Okay, so vocalist is the guy from Mastodon. They all do vocals. Oh, they all do. So like that specific time, one was the yeah, Mastodon, yeah, yeah. though. Yeah, They're like various times in different songs, it appears. Because it says okay. vocal vocals on all three of those people. Okay. Um, but it's just, uh, they all share probably lead and backing vocals. But, I mean, this is the first one from the new, first single from the new album. So yeah. So I guess we'll just have to see. But I got, a, I got kind of a Converge and a Mastodon feeling off of that one. I'm sure other songs probably throw in some Dillinger Escape Plan kind of feeling to them. But those, mm-hmm. you, you could see the influence of like kind of both of those groups on the sound that they're doing there. Yeah. I saw it like when the first single came out, I was like, I haven't heard this group in like f- six years. You know, it's been a you long time. You kind of time. forget about things like that. Well, I mean, I knew like that that song is in my, the, the single from the first album is in my metal playlist that from all that time ago, because I was like, this is a great song. But, you know, what are you going to do? You can't, you know, 
most of the time, supergroups, when they come out with one thing, they don't normally do another one. Right. But, um, we did have the damn things last year, and then now we'll have this one. So we'll see uh, what what more comes. But I haven't really had any like heavy albums that I've been like going back to a bunch, other than Code Orange. I think and, that's really the big uh, one for me. You know, that's probably the only one that's been like the biggest one. But I'm hoping this will be a good album. Be nice to like some loud music. You gotta love that loud music. Speaking of loud music, this is not it. This is not loud music at all. Uh, this is the new album from the Flaming Lips. Oh boy. Their new album, American Head. The song is Mother, Please Don't Be Sad. So I felt that uh, American Head was kind of a return to form for Flaming Lips. They've done some, uh, I would argue, maybe questionable uh, artistic choices over the last couple years. Uh, they had um, kind of started that relationship with Miley Cyrus, which is still perhaps one of the strangest musical relationships that I can think of. Um, and, and so that led to them producing one of her albums and then she per, uh, performed on the Oxymelody album. Um, they also had uh, a 24-hour-long album. They had some uh, weird, like, collaborative albums, like, with a little help from my friends. They had a concept album, King's Mouth, that came out last year about, like, a flying head of some kind. A lot of things that's, like, it's kind of hard to keep up with what Flaming Lips have been doing the last couple years. But American Head, to me, felt like an album that actually felt more like their kind of 2000s output in the in the realm of, you know, Yoshimi Battles, Soft Bulletin, which is 1999, so not quite 2000s, but you follow my pattern here. Jared, did you happen to listen to American Head? No, I did not. Okay. I had to listen to so much Flaming Lips for Record Roundtable. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't. I I did not care. It's a really a shame that I was we've, we've soured you on so many groups. I was interested in uh, when I first heard about it, but then I kind of somewhat listened to a few singles, and it, none of them really like did anything for me. So I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to waste my time on this album. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Well, if you uh, would like to waste your time on the album, feel free <laughs> to check it out. <laughs> and the next album I'm going to be talking about is the album uh, from King to a God. By the artist Conway the Machine. This song is Lemon featuring Method Man. Position in the kitchen, I'm working. Whip it, bag a half and fifties, hit the strip and I serve it. If it's an issue, trust, I'm coming to get with you in person. With the extender throwing at you till I flip this suburban. All my business is flourished. I'm on my way to my yacht. So to a trained ear, which I imagine most people have not listened to these bonus episodes and paid that much attention, can't imagine. And if you do, I almost want to apologize for what we've done to you. But uh, I recently, a couple months ago, covered um, West Side Gun's album, Pray for Paris. That is uh, someone who has collaborated with Conway the Machine. Uh, they're kind of a group called Griselda. They're a collective of the two of them, along with Benny the Butcher. All three of them are family. I believe, if I remember correctly, West Side Gun and Conway the Machine are brothers, and Benny the Butcher is their cousin. I think I could have those things mixed up, but I don't think I do. Anyways, I found that Conway the Machine, his album was even better than Pray for Paris. He has kind of a weird uh, style of flow because when uh, a couple years ago, he was actually shot um, in his car and it it, it, uh, caused him to develop cerebral palsy. And so like half of his face is actually like... um, just like paralyzed. And so he has to be able to perform his hip hop style with only half of a face capable of doing so. So we kind of had to readapt 
the way that he performs his music. Um, and I think it flows really well with the kind of style that Griselda does with their music. They have a very um, kind of abstract style of hip hop that they do. Um, and I think that he kind of fits the mold of what they do, that kind of dark, dim style of hip hop. Um, he kind of toys with some different sounds on uh, from King to a God, but for the most part, it kind of stays grounded within that realm of music. The next album I will be covering is the new album, which I'm quite excited about, uh, from Fleet Foxes called Shore. This song is called Maestranza. Maestranza. So I uh, was quite surprised by this new Fleet Foxes album. Perhaps most people were because it was indeed a surprise drop of an album. They had been kind of uh, toying that that a new album was going to be coming out. And uh, really, it's kind of secluded to Robin Pecknold, the lead vocalist of Fleet Foxes. He kind of does basically everything because the other members were within quarantine at the time of the album. But the album was actually released at the same time as the September equinox here in the north uh, northern hemisphere, of course, the fall equinox. But if you are listening from the southern hemisphere, then it would be the spring equinox, something that I somehow didn't understand until recently. I don't know why. It doesn't matter. But it's very um, it's a very album, very much an album that's kind of rooted in that feeling of nature, and it has these kind of you know, pretty watery, uh, you know, the, that song that we I just played a second ago, it starts with with birds chirping. And it's just a, a kind of typical Fleet Foxes sound in a lot of ways. But of course, I have been a big fan of Fleet Foxes since their debut record. It's a, a wonderful style of kind of maximalist indie rock, indie folk kind of sound. So if you already like Fleet Foxes, then this is going to be right in line with the kind of music that you enjoy from the group. So yeah, Jared, I believe that you have a whole nother section of kind of music that you'd like to talk about. So let's hear some more from what you've been listening to, please. Well, I only have uh, I only have two songs for Jared's Country Corner. This oh, month. no, only two? Yeah. What it's not even to... really a corner. Now it's only half. It's, it's more of a line, really, <laughs> just from point A to point B. So uh, this you gotta song have at least four songs. Well, I, I don't know actually. If you if you were to to angle the two songs going towards each other, there would be indeed a corner. That's true. Okay. So one this song uh, we will not play, and the other song we will play. How about okay. That? So this song is by somebody named Hardy. He's a new uh, kind of in the realm of bro country, but not really. He's got interesting songs, but uh, this song is called A Rock. A rock and uh, I don't want to spoil it for you but here's kind of how the song goes okay is uh, it's like the life of a human being and so like you're a little kid and you're skipping a rock okay and then he repeats it a rock a rock the ripples of the water and then he's like okay and then you're in a bar and you meet a girl and uh, and you uh, or no before you meet yeah you meet a girl and uh, you try to decide whether you want to be with her or not, so you're stuck between a hard place uh, and a rock. And then you start to love her, and you're like, I think I want to be with this woman. And uh, so then you're like, I need to buy her a rock. Okay? <laughs> then you live your life. You have a great life with this woman. And where do they put you? Under a rock. Oh, of course they do. And then at the end of the song, he says, we're all just living on a rock. You know what? What a song. What a song indeed. <laughs> you didn't have to listen to the three-minute version. I just told it to you in 30 seconds. You sure did. Or or so. Or so. You <laughs> I know? usually explain songs too long. <laughs> I think you just explain everything too long, Perhaps. but in the best way possible. Uh, and then the last, the, the most important song is the song... Long Violent History, mm-hmm. which is the Tyler Childers song from 
an album that he surprised dropped. It is uh, the, all of the songs uh, up to the last song are all instrumental songs, mm-hmm. uh, like fiddle songs and stuff. And they're supposed to basically crescendo into this last song, which is called Long Violent History, which is his commentary on the situations that are going on in the United States right now mm-hmm. with uh, racial injustice and such. Yes. So... Uh, it is a very good song. It has a different perspective than you would expect. He is a country singer from Kentucky, mm-hmm. and uh, he also put out a video that was kind of like explaining like his thoughts on the song, it was an which exceptional is exceptional video. Yes, and it makes it, like it makes sense because he's t- kind of talking about the Breonna Taylor situation and how he's like, "Look, I live in Kentucky." Yeah, and in the song, he's like, "How many?" I don't want to get too political. Sure, no. But I mean, this is what, this is a place we can. This do that. is what he said in it is in the song. So I'm not doing that. But he's like, yeah. how many times could this happen in Kentucky, where you're in your house and somebody comes in and shoots you before you as Kentucky people and any you know Southern people mm-hmm. to say it's time to uprise and it's time to be upset and you know. Just get to the song. Just play it. Let's Just play, let let's play hear it. it. Let's hear it. How many boys could they haul off this mountain? Shoot full of holes, cuffed and laying in the streets. Till we come into town in a stark raving anger. Looking for answers and on to the team. Yeah, I hadn't listened to all of Long Violent History, but I certainly like I saw the video that you were referring to. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I you know, I like the the song Long Violent History and, you know, I I've been aware of Tyler for a little bit and uh definitely have more of a perspective on him as an artist and have a, a newfound respect for him that, you know, not that I didn't already respect him, but an even more inflated um respect for him now. Yes. I mean, I liked his album that came out last year. I like, you know, um, and I've kind of, I had a person in my family say, Hey, have you ever heard of Tyler Childers? And I was like, no, I hadn't. And then like a week later, he like was all over my YouTube feed. It was mm-hmm. like, they were listening. Google listens to conversations and They're you know, they there, do. Man. But, uh, he was like all over, um, uh, well, he toured with, um, uh, Sturgill Simpson. Mm-hmm. So that, that popped up. And then like some of his other videos popped up like on YouTube and stuff. And so I've, Kind of got into him since last year, so that makes sense. Pretty good, pretty good indeed. Uh, so transitioning from uh, country corner to again, not country corner, we're going to talk about the new Deftones album, Ohms. Yes. So, Deftones making a, a return on this album. Uh, this is the first time that they have worked with the uh, producer who kind of worked with their uh, previous, I think, four albums. Tyler or Terry Date, Terry Date, who um, was actually involved in the Elusive Eros album. I don't know if you remember about that kind of story, Jared, mm-hmm. when we covered Deftones. So they have this album that they kind of recorded, and it was around the time that bassist uh, Chi Chang had um, gotten involved in the automobile crash that um, basically put him in a a coma for for years, and somehow he was able to survive for all that time just in in a a coma state. And I think that that, you know, kind of that that relationship maybe was hard to to return to for Deftones. Um, But I I found that Ohms was really probably, from my perspective, the best thing I've heard from them. I have, you know, I'm okay with Deftones. I, I've liked some of their songs, but I've never really had an album from Deftones that really stood out to me personally. And I think that Ohms is kind of the one that 
changed my perspective on them as a group in a lot of ways. Um, Ohm's is based on uh, Ohm's law, which is this um, electromagnetic theory of uh, voltage and currents and resistance and all this crazy stuff that I, I don't understand because I am not a scientist. Um, but I think the idea kind of here is this um, this kind of force that kind of attracts and repels this uh, this idea of them kind of having this uh, this loud sound that is then also brought in with this melodic sound that they've kind of done throughout their career. And uh, I think this is a great example of that from them. They've really transcended in a lot of ways the 90s. Um, new metal. New metal, yeah, because they, they were kind of in the new metal-esque uh, realm of music, but they obviously have always kind of been um, the standard bearers of it being actually good. Mm-hmm. They're not really new metal at all at this point in time in no, any way, shape, really. or form. They're more like alternative metal, really. But, you know, they're so far removed from a Limp biscuit or a corn or even like a Lincoln Park. They're just a completely different group from what was going on around that time in metal music. And the fact that they've been able to... Rip Chester. Rip Chester. Uh, the fact that they have been able to kind of continue their career for all this period of time and then still at this point relate, release such a good album, um, you know, a quarter century after their inception is mind-boggling to me. Did you listen to Ohms, Jerry? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It was good, like, atmosphere album. Mm-hmm. I don't really have, like, something... Like, I like the whole album, I think. There, nothing really, like, stood out specifically from sure. it. But whatever you played was fine. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that was really the thing from the album that kind of stood out to me, too, is that there really wasn't, like, a, a song that stood out. There wasn't really, like, a single in my mind. It was really kind of just a, a, a fully flowing project in a lot of ways so so that uh was deftones ohms and uh i will will say now before i get to the next one uh, the the next three albums that i'm covering including uh ohms all came from this last friday of music uh the 25th which was a loaded yes loaded week of music just to run through some of the albums that were released that week uh, we had Action Bronson's new album, Only for Dolphins. We had uh, Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall. A- an interesting release, for sure, from Machine Gun Kelly doing pop punk, which is very odd. He was working... Jared, you've been kind of excited about that album coming out. Did you listen to the album? I listened to it. It was uh, okay. I, I agree with some of the reviews that it was basically just like bland... Um, it didn't have any kind of like purpose. Like none of the lyrics mm-hmm. meant anything. It was yeah. all just like generic. Let's just throw these like kind of pop punky kind of lyrics in. Yeah. And it's supposed to be that. Um, I don't know. It was. It's just Blink-182 light. Well, I mean, Travis Barker, the drummer of Blink-182 produced it and Correct. helped make it what it is. Right. And uh, I don't know. Halsey's on there. That song's okay. I don't know. It just. Uh, trippy red is on there and he kind of sounds pop punky i guess it's it's an experience that's for sure but i don't think it's good nah speaking of not good uh, joji also released an album uh nectar some people are really excited about that album i I found it to be exceptionally boring Mm. was really what it came down to uh public enemy had a new album what you gonna do pretty good what you gonna do when uh what what you gonna do when the grid goes down Mm -hmm. there was another album that came out in that same week just a ton of music that came out just within that same. I had fifteen week. albums saved from that night alone. Mm-hmm. Not, I didn't listen to all of them. I just was like, "Well, this looks interesting. This looks interesting. Yeah. This looks interesting." And then I probably ended up listening to like five or six of them, something like that. I think I got through seven in total albums from just that week alone. So it was. It's been, I mean, it's been it's been one it's week. Been, yeah, since it came out. That's true. Uh, but this album, again, is also from that week of music. One of my personal favorites from the year, really, uh, is Sufjan Stevens' new album, The Ascension. This song is called America. Thank you. 
So, Jared, I'm assuming that Sufjan Stevens has the Flaming Lips treatment. Yes. Yeah, you just burn out. I like that single. I watched the music video for it, and it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the YouTube comments were kind of interesting because they were, I guess, kind of uh, talking about how he's going back to his spiritual lyricism, mm-hmm. um, which he kind of had early in his career. Sure. Um, but... I don't know. I don't think I'll listen to that album. That's okay. I, I really like The Ascension. America is a, a stellar track in a lot of ways. But I think that the story of The Ascension is uh, something that's like truly remarkable and worth talking about. Is just the fact that Sufjan Stevens has made a very, very uh, drastic shift in the way that he's made music over the last, you know, two decades that he's been making music. He kind of started out as just kind of like this poster boy of positivity. In a lot of ways, like, you know, uh, he was going to do his whole, you know, uh, album for every state project. And he made Michigan and Illinois. And those were, you know, fairly um, happy albums in a lot of ways. Very celebratory of the the war, the, you know, the states that he is singing about. And then you have uh, Seven Swans, which is kind of exp- exploration of that, you know, those um, religious themes that have been always kind of uh, pertinent to his music in a lot of ways. Uh, and then when you get to Age of Odds, which is kind of a similar album to The Ascension in some ways because it was kind of a bigger foray for him into um, this electronic sound that he was going to kind of adapt into, which is not the first time that he's kind of had an electronic sound. Enjoy Your Rabbit was one of his first albums, and it's like all electronic. And then last, no, this year, he released the album that we listened to um, when we covered Sufjan Stevens, his uh, an electronic album with his stepfather. And... Um, you know, on top of the Ascension, he also had a couple of years ago uh, his album Carrie and Lowell. Carrie and Lowell was very much a, an introspective, but also despondent album, talking about the relationship that he had with his mother, which was a very difficult relationship. It's a very, very sad album, and the Ascension is also a very, very sad album because in this a very sad world of a man who previously was making albums about the states of America is now so upset about America. And it's like this idea that we live in a world that could take like the happiest guy and who's someone who really wanted to celebrate the country that he lived in and now is like so defeated. It is a, it's really quite the concept to hear uh, the Ascension in a lot of ways. It, again, it's, it's very electronically based album and um if you like that kind of style of sufyan's music it's certainly worth checking out if you like his voice it's certainly worth checking out but i personally really enjoyed the ascension i have one more album to cover uh before we cover that album and then get to some more stuff with jared i was going to ask you jared is there any just kind of general stuff that happened in music throughout the month that you feel like was worth talking about. I know one thing that I thought was uh, interesting to me was that Rolling Stones released um, their um, top, top updated 500, 500 albums. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've done interesting. They've done their 500 albums, you know, a couple times now. I think this is the third um, reiteration of that list. I went through it to find out how many albums from uh, the top 500 albums that I had listened to in my, in my years and uh, lo and behold, I've listened to half, oh my. exactly half, 250 albums oh my. of the 500, which is crazy. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you, uh, if you are a listener to our podcast, feel free to reach out to us and let us know how many of those albums that you've listened to, because I thought that was a kind of interesting thing to, to do with my time. Jer, can you think of anything in the music realm that's worth talking about? Oh, I think so. Okay. Uh, we, had, uh, we had an album come out earlier this month. September fourth, actually, the beginning of the month. Yep, six nine released Tattletales. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh my god! Worst album for sure of yes. the month, and I'm pretty Maybe sure at this year. point. Yeah, Maybe at this point, year. I'm pretty sure the year. But sorry, Diplo, you've you've been yes, surpassed. That's probably true. But there is something on this album that's worth mentioning. It's yep, <laughs> similar to that of J.C. Skrull Part Two last month. This month we have. Locked up part two, six nine featuring Akon. It's true. It's so bizarre. It's truly bizarre. Let's let's play a let's play some of that song. All the time that I spent up in here got me thinking about the things that I did. Got me thinking. 
looking like, why the fuck I did that? Got me wishing that I could take it all back. Fighting with these demons, barely even eating, barely even sleeping. This shit got me tweaking. Fighting with my lawyers for a better offer. Just wanna see my daughter. Cause I'm locked up. They won't let me out. Two things come to mind as I'm listening to that song. One, why on earth would you start your album with that song? I don't. And so it has like nothing to do with the rest of the album in the way that he is like performing it. So it's weird. It's it, it's such a direct sample of an Akon song. It's the same the same He's on it though. I know. He's on the song. He has a new verse. Right. Uh but it's the opening track. I know. It's weird. It's like a bonus track. Uh, yeah, if anything. it should have been at the end of the album, really, probably. Well, it's so bizarre because he like teased it, and mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think I thought it was gonna be real. Right. And then, lo and behold, uh, I saw uh, on my release radar at midnight, it showed that the album was out, and it showed Locked Up too, and I was like, what is this weird uh, universe? Somehow, Coheed and Cambry had something to do with this, maybe. But, yeah, I don't know. It was bizarre. Next month, who knows what it'll be. Who knows? The other thing that I was going to say is uh, the funny thing to me. Let it be rel- two. Oh, there you go. Let it be two. <laughs> Paul <laughs> McCartney and... Uh, Yoko will be on it. Uh, Yoko, Paul McCartney. I'm trying to think of who the weirdest person I could possibly imagine who would perform... Oh, with Paul know. McCartney. At this point, I, I don't think you can even... You know Paul McCartney married a woman with one leg? Oh. Maybe she could be on the song. Maybe. That'll that'll be the collaboration. The well, other it, thing- wouldn't, it wouldn't be Ringo, because they try to get him. Uh, they try to tell him through the mail, and he's like, no more. No, no more, more mail. mail. No Quit more it. Mail. Quit it. Don't want the mail. But, uh, okay, so the other thing is uh, that's relevant to us specifically is that we have covered both Akon and 6ix9ine mm. on Good Band, Bad Band, True. Sister Podcaster Record Roundtable, and neither of them won. That's true. Neither of them won. 6ix9ine much more emphatically lost on his edition. I didn't of remember that Akon lost. Let's do- Conway, he was against Conway, Conway Twitty. Twitty. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, uh, don't listen to Tattletales. Ultimately, no. stop listening to 6ix9ine's music. That's bad. We should stop giving him a platform. Yes. We should stop giving him any kind of celebration. He's a he's a damn meme yeah. when it comes down to it. He's an awful person. Yeah, he's bad. And I don't know why on earth why on earth people want to listen to him. It, it blows my mind. Yeah. Do but, not snitch. That's don't. Yeah. That's the message of this episode according to to the people. They'll, they'll get stitches. Uh, I don't know if I have any other songs I wanted to really like nothing else super the Menzingers had an album come out from Exile, which uh, was a acoustic version of their album um, "Hello Exile" mm-hmm. that came out last year, and they did it in quarantine. Uh, basically, what happened? Everybody kind of recorded their own pieces separately in their own homes. They sent it off to the producer, and he had to piece it all together. And it sounds like that album. Uh, so it was. I enjoyed it. Um, it it's. You know, not different enough for me to keep like wanting to go back, sure, and listen to it. But I like the different arrangements and stuff. It was pretty cool. So, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite bands made another thing. Got to talk about it. Got to talk about it. Um, that's about it. A uh, couple pop punk things that we don't have to play. Knuckle Puck had an album come out called Twenty Twenty. It's like Vision though Twenty Slash Twenty, not mm-hmm. like Twenty Twenty of the Year. And they had the lead single was called uh, Breathe, and it features Derek Sanders from Mayday Parade. Okay. And then the band Movements, which are a good band as well. Sure. They had a new album come out called No Good Left to Give, and that's a that's a good album as well. So I think that's all I really got that I really, really want to talk about this uh, month. Sure. So uh, whatever you got left is what you got. Well, uh, this will be very brief. Oh, yeah. My favorite, my favorite album of the month. One of my favorite albums of the year. I was anticipating it would be wonderful, and wonderful it was. This is Idol's new album, Ultramano. This is the song Reigns.
So I will not get into detail on Ultra Mono 4 if you are a record roundtable listener, which I assume you are because you're here. You will hear this bonus episode today, being Thursday, and you will then be graced with an Idols podcast the day following. And therefore, why on earth would I get into great detail about Ultramano when I'm about to talk about it for you in a day? Just listen to that episode. And then, yeah. And that's everything. Yep. That's, that's September. We're uh, moving our way into October. Uh, the only thing that I, w- this is what I will close on. Um, we just listened to this before we started the episode. Oh yes. And, uh, you know, for, for those who perhaps, um, are listening on, on this Thursday, you will, you will know that, uh, only, only a few days ago, there was a, um, I guess you could call it a presidential debate. I'm not sure if you can call it that anymore. Um, but it was a, it was an interesting experience. And of course, uh, in no time at all, no time at all, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, released a, uh, with, with Shmo Yoho. Yep. The Songify, the news people. mm -hmm, They, uh, they released a track, uh, called We're All Doomed. Yep. Yes. And you know what? Yes. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good song. Yep. I, I, I recommend going to check it out. Um, but yeah, here's a bit of it. Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable as Weird Al's beautiful voice and Joe Biden's voice uh, illuminate my words. Check out all our social media bits, of course. You know the drill. You listen to us, it's fine. Come back next month for our October edition. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Here's the deal. He has no idea what he's talking about. We're living in the apocalypse. I'm begging you to put a stop to this pretty please. Are you sure you could eject some bleach? They cheat. If the Supreme... That's good. That's a good ending.